0: Is up, Okada Shorts listeners, it's your bad friend Rafe Houston here to drop you a special bonus episode, hot and fresh out the kitchen over at Faces and Feels Pro Wrestling Podcast. That's right, it's my interview with the one and only ultimate weapon, the United Empires Aaron Hanare straight into your feet, spoon fed, just dropped in there to your auto subscribe. If you like that convenience, if you enjoy the interview and you want more tasty interviews, just drop straight into your feed. You can head over to Faces and Feels. Uh, you can just find that on social media at Faces You can hit up link Cast. That'll show you everything you need to like no, that'll show you where to subscribe, that'll show you where to like, you can even donate if you really want to and you want to pat your boy on the head for all his hard work, over 139 episodes full of interviews, coverage, chats with friends, and even the original G-Wandering that drove me to madness. With that said, I want to thank Aaron Hanare for his time. Make sure you hit a follow on him. You can find him online at HanareNZ. And make sure you tune into this year's G1 Climax 33 and watch the man himself make an absolutely huge splash. I cannot wait. It cranks up this weekend and I am more than ready. So until then, it's crowns up and the interview is going to start right now. What it is, what's up and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I am your host, Rafe Houston, and today I am joined by a very special guest Guess Straight out of New Japan Pro Wrestling, it is the one and only the United Empire's ultimate weapon. It is Aaron Hanare. What's up, my dude?
1: A weapon indeed. Killed it, killed it. How's it going, bro?
0: <laughs> I am so good, man. It's lovely to see your face again. Uh, it feels like just the other day we were having a nice walk with a coffee along, <laughs> along the, that river, and now here I we are, virtual. I
1: think it was the other day.
0: It literally, it was like three weeks ago, (laughs) but it feels like way too long away. I wish I was back in Japan, man. I had an amazing holiday and it was sweet catching up with you, dude.
1: Yeah, man, we've had a lot of uh, the Aussie fans come over quite a bit and even just like show to show, you could look out when we do our entrances throughout Mm -hmm. COVID, you could look out, only see Japanese faces, but now you see the the Aussies and the Americans. I think there was uh, Israelis last week. Yeah, right, right.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, the lucky thing about Japan is it's like pretty easy to get to like for us, you know, I think our return tickets on our last holiday. And I mean, there was one ridiculous stopover, but it was like 1100 bucks. So it wasn't even crazy when it costs like, you know, 700 to get to Melbourne, you know, (laughs) So it's not even that bad, but, but yeah, I've derailed us immediately, bud. I want, want to thank you so much for making time. I know you've got a busy schedule. I know you got a little bit off, but you're going to be heading back into action pretty soon. Um, yeah. With my show, man, I've only got one question for you, and then we just kind of walk through everything. But if you think back really? to when you first got into professional wrestling, all that kind of stuff, who were some of the first faces that stood out to you and some of the wrestlers that really started to inspire you and drag you into the sport? I
1: mean, if we're uh, thinking back, like right at the beginning, mm-hmm. right, right at the beginning, when I was like three or four, it was yeah. guys like Gold Goldberg mm-hmm. were like the guys that I love, this tough guy just coming out, beating the shit out of everybody. And then from there, it was like uh, WWF, so like The Rock. Yeah. Um, so every brown kid in New Zealand and probably in Australia as well, they always claim that The Rock is their uncle. Um, and that was massive. But just seeing another Polynesian on the screen, you're just like, oh, shit, this is, this is something that our people are in, you know? Yeah. It's it, quite
0: buzzy. It, it you know? would, it, yeah. would it start to feel a bit like, oh, maybe this isn't just for like Americans, you know, like <laughs> white yeah, yeah, American dudes, just, like, you yeah, know, there's a bit more going on here.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't know if you know Peter Maivia, the Rock's granddad. He, he was actually a massive superstar in New Zealand before really? going to America.
0: Oh, I high did chief.
1: You. Like he was actually high chief Peter Maivia in Auckland, my hometown before he went anywhere else.
0: Oh, wow, that's crazy. So there's, yeah, di- there's direct ties yeah. to New Zealand.
1: The Rock um, when he was a kid grew up in uh, Auckland, my hometown. So that's a lot what people don't understand. Really? <laughs> I think I... he's just from Miami. But, like, I think he was born in Miami or Hawaii. Yeah. But his family live in, like, Samoa and New Zealand. Wow. Uh, apart from his immediate family who moved to Florida, I believe. hmm Yeah, but they're the, uh, the islanders, is, mate.
0: Wow. I, I didn't even realize that. Um, I saw on the news the other day, and we, we'll we get, get back on to briefly, but I saw Jason Momoa was recently – uh filming in New Zealand for, I think, the Fast Movies and stuff. And it, he made a statement on the news. He was like, I am going to move to this country. He was like, I feel like this is where I'm meant to be. He's like, I feel like I lived here in past lives. He's I like, like, I've oh, well, he well, said that straight I, I, up.
1: This whole week I've been talking to people about this, uh, this matter, this subject. Um, yeah. Hawaiians,
0: uh-huh.
1: Māori of New Zealand, uh-huh. Tahitians and Samoans were all the same people. So, but back in the day, we were all the same people. We just all uh, travelled around and went to all these different islands. So, mm-hmm. genetically, we're a lot uh, similar to Hawaiians mm-hmm. and Samoans, Tahitians, and New Zealand Maori. Yeah. And then you got the Rapa Nui out east in um, Easter Island, is what you guys call it.
0: Yeah, you were yeah, it's like been, when when been we were
1: hobby to Yeah, to that's what we, we were
0: talking about. And I found it fascinating when you were telling me some of the history. And I mean. Australians are pretty ignorant anyway, and they never really cover anything in school. But you were you were actually teaching me so much stuff when we were chatting about like Maori culture and how far back it goes, and like how charted and remembered everything was. It was was fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's all that oral tradition. So yeah. the um the Hawaiians have their oral tradition, Samoans have theirs, Tahitians have theirs. We have ours, mm-hmm. and then at a certain point, they all converge into the same sort of people, they all they all talk about the same people. There's songs in Hawaii and songs in New Zealand about the exact same people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that's why
1: he, yeah, everybody, he was actually welcomed, uh, I think it would have been about March, by the whole Māori population in New Zealand. They're like, welcome home, cuz. Yeah. And then he was like, oh, well, yeah, well, yeah, I am home.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's amazing, eh? That's so cool. I was saying to my wife, I mm. wish I was uh, rich, famous enough and maybe had enough ancestry and stuff to be welcomed to, another country <laughs> so I could leave here. Just, like, to Japan, like, hey, I'm worth something. Let me in full time <laughs> because I would love to live there.
1: Kiwis, Kiwis are generally welcoming people anyway. we
0: yeah. quite chill. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been to – I went to New Zealand once. I um was on tour with my band and we went there for, just nearly a month and it was amazing, man. We absolutely loved it, you know, Top Island to Bottom Island, just, you know, small club yeah. shows and things like that. It was really cool. Yeah. I think it, those small, like – intimate uh,
1: venues and stuff is sure. where most of the magic happens in New Zealand. Yeah, Apart yeah. from rugby, rugby, rugby's all big stadium.
0: Yeah, I, di- I didn't get to see any sport when we were there. We were on a bit of a thing, but I, I would love to see mm. how passionate, you know, <laughs> the, the the New Zealand crowds get over rugby because that's everything yeah, it's there. It's a, a goddamn religion in New Zealand. Exactly. It's not a sport, it's a religion. Are you able to keep up with it while in Japan?
1: Um, the rugby is pretty pretty big here, actually. Um, like, there's tons, like half the uh, Japanese national team are either Sam Tongan or just Moldi Kiwi, you know. Yeah. So it's, is, they uh, they play it on TV here all the time, so it's, yeah. it's pretty easy to keep keep a track of. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, is that how Farley came to be there? That?
0: Oh, sorry. Is that What's how Farley came to be there?
1: Yeah, yeah. He um, so he came from straight from high school to mm-hmm. university rugby, and straight from uni- yeah, university to pro. So he went straight to pro pro. He was like straight in there, and I think he uh, he played rugby for the first fifteen in his high school, mm-hmm. then the top team at uni, and then straight to a team called Fukuoka Sanex Blues. Yeah, wow. So yeah, you know, and one
0: then of and the then top, he, top pro teams. And then he was like handpicked, right? They, I guess, the wrestling saw him and and were like, "Would you want to do this?"
1: Yeah. So. I don't know if you know what a number eight is, but they're the juggernaut of the team. Okay, and, um, <laughs> they saw him play number eight for Fukuoka Sanex Blues, and they just wanted him to uh, come straight straight to pro wrestling. But I think he needed to get his visa sorted, right? Um, so he needed to find a sponsor to do the do the trial, mm-hmm. and then I think he uh so in the in the trial you do like your squats and your push ups and everything. He's obviously like five times bigger than everybody else in the trial. But he's still doing <laughs> wow. still doing the same stuff that everybody else was doing. And yeah. at the end you're asked to do an appeal, mm-hmm. something that you can appeal with. And then he said, Okay, someone stand over there with a with a bag uh-huh. and I'll tackle you. So there's this giant six foot four Tongan guy from La Baja running at you for a tackle. <laughs>
0: Good luck, so, some unlucky young lion they're like yeah just go hold that real quick yeah, yeah. That's, that's how he got picked up yeah. yeah amazing well we'll we'll get to your story because I I know that um your story's pretty interesting and I know you were the last foreigner essentially accepted into the the dojo so let's mm-hmm. rewind back a little bit you know you talk about your memories when you're a kid and you first started seeing them so did you have a lot of those kind of shows on TV in New Zealand? Because, like, growing up in Australia, I didn't. Like, I, I had to find them in VHS, you know, in blockbuster video and stuff like that. Did you Did you have access it, to it on TV? It
1: would have been quite similar. We had uh, maybe Channel 5, you guys call it. You, you guys would have had Channel 5 as well back in the day.
0: Maybe. Um, I, I lived in a country town, yeah. so I was a bit more limited uh-huh. in what I had. I had, like, two channels, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ABC so. and GWN, and that was it. I remember when the third channel came. That was a big deal.
1: Ah, uh, okay yeah so we we originally had those two channels channel two channel four mm-hmm. which had um uh one had WCW and one had WWF oh wow so one, one was playing uh reruns of Nitro and the other one was playing reruns of raw mm-hmm. from like months earlier so that was the first one and then channel five Sky TV came out mm-hmm. and that was when raw and Smackdown started so that would have been like 2003, four, 5 is when it started blowing up in New Zealand yeah and oh. they came around. 2006, 2007 is when WWE came. And um, it was when I went to – they did a big show at Western Springs Stadium. And it, I think Batista was in the main event. MVP was there as well. Wow. Um, Yeah, it was buzzing. And I actually – I brought, like, the cheapest ticket in the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, sk- skipped, skipped past the security, skipped <laughs> past another security, and skipped past another security to front row. So I just – like, yeah.
0: And you just found an in empty just, seat yeah, and jumped so, in it?
1: yeah and then as I did that the match finished um, and then Batista walked around, came up to my corner and hugged me so I was like, oh shit, this is my guy. so he's oh. one of the reasons I like doing power moves is because of, of him.
0: That's so cool. And how old were you then when you did this? <laughs>
1: it would have been about 12:13, I think. Wow.
0: That, that's crazy. The ball's on you, eh? And then, <laughs> then to be essentially stolen somebody else's experience is pretty funny. <laughs> well,
1: no, no, nobody was sitting in that seat. So technically, I wasn't. Technically,
0: it was a ghost. Seat. Exactly right. Yeah. Well, there, there you go. That is awesome. I uh, was yeah. once hugged by Hiroshi Tanahashi in Sydney. So that was pretty nice. <laughs> I think I was the last Sydney. hug before uh, COVID. <laughs>
1: It was a New-, New University of New South yeah. Wales one. Yeah,
0: in the round, in oh, the okay, roundhouse. Sure. You were on that show as well, actually. Uh, you that, see, that you was it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was you versus Isha. Yeah, absolutely, that was sick. Yeah. Um. So then, from there, from being a fan and you know you you're up front row and stuff and you're you're liking wrestling. How do you even begin to like? training that because because it might it must feel pretty far away and i know that you said you said in previous interviews and stuff you sort of grew up and it was a bit rough and stuff like that how do you find those resources or or how do you even start
1: there was a uh, a club in um, auckland called a uh, dilworth wrestling club mm-hmm. dilworth grizzlies grizzly bears yeah um, and they did a, like freestyle greco-roman and submission wrestling oh okay Mm-hmm. So that was a and it was um, so the the whole school was funded for uh, low socioeconomic kids, so like kids, poor kids pretty much. yeah, and um so for a whole year of wrestling training, you pay seventy dollars. So I was just like, what the hell I get to like beat people up for seventy dollars. <laughs> um so that's that's what I did after after going to that show, I signed up to actual wrestling. yeah, and knowing that that'll help me out later on. Mm-hmm. Down the line. Yeah, um, and then that worked out. I got I got up to um pre Commonwealth level So I actually got selected for the Commonwealth Games really team like wrestling team. Wow. But I Wanted to go to New Japan and that was the same time that I met follow and he said if you want this uh, Start training. Yeah, you have to let all the other stuff go. So I sort of had to prioritize training for with follow Yeah how did you well, meet Farley? So uh, originally he was training with Mark Hunt for his um, his fight camp. So yes. I think it was either Bigfoot Silver or Kane Velasquez, one of them. Whatever was in early 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was training up for that, and I was going to the same gym as them. And then knowing that I was going to the same gym as them, I started going to the gym at 5 a.m. when the gym opened just to see what time they they, they came in. So I was there like 5 a.m. every day, like on the bikes. Yeah. And then finally noticed me there. Um, and he he had come to a, a few independent shows that I was on before that. And he's like, hey, you're that kid from that show. And then he invited me to come train. And then I impressed him in the training, so I said, uh, come, come train with me some more, and I'll train you up to go to Japan. Wow! And that was just like I remember the one day decision. He like took me to lunch and coffee and stuff, and he was like, "Look, if you if you want this, you have to set your goals and you have to follow through." So I was like, "Yep, yeah, that day, yep, yeah,
0: let's do this." Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so you were you obviously knew who he was, knew what meeting him would mean, and you you essentially put a plan in place to, to meet him yeah. and hopefully get to work with him.
1: It wasn't sort of a like I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this yeah. for in our culture it's like if we follow the the big brother the older guy then we could get to where they go, get you, to like and follow his that's example what I like about him. yeah mm-hmm. he's still like um, and it's very Japanese as well the same uh like junior senpai. senior senpai, by a sort of thing mm-hmm. it's the same um, but he's, he's he's always been pretty good with like uh, brown kids Maori and Pacific kids because he knows what it's like coming up being the only brown guy around so. Sure, it's pretty good. So, te- technically, I was the first guy from Fale Dojo to come to Japan,
0: yeah, because like you were, I guess, his student before there was a Fale Dojo, right? Like, you were already yeah, training. Yeah, with yeah. Him.
1: So, and during that time, I used to help him out. So, like, I couldn't afford to pay him for training all the time, so mm-hmm. he was like, Look, just help me set up all of these seminars and I'll let you train for free. Wow. And then I like, set up quite a few seminars around uh, Auckland for him, and then that was my training there. So, like, helping That's him amazing. out. We both win. He wins and
0: I win, you know. Oh, that's so cool, man. It's really, um, I guess, rare in this world and, and, and really special when you hear about guys like that who have made it successful and have achieved this thing but then reach back down, you know what I mean, and bring
1: other yeah, people yes. back up
0: with them. And in that Lions Raw documentary he did like about his dojo, you could see how much he cared and how hard he works and then to hear that that you know, continues all the way back to really the start is pretty impressive, I think, and a, a big uh, yeah, yeah. word to his character, right?
1: I mean, there's, there's there's definitely guys that have, like, made it through that system. There was me, and then after me it was A Hikuleo.
0: Oh, yes. Was actually, mm-hmm. there.
1: And even before me, he was the one that got Jay White into New Japan. Wow. Um, though Jay, Jay White didn't train through New Japan, but uh-huh. he impressed Fale enough when Fale was doing a tour of the UK. Uh-huh. Um, and then Fale vouched for him in New Japan, and then they brought him straight away. Yeah, wow. Um,
0: and so, how yeah, much that, how much experience had you had before New Japan? Like, were you exclusively Greco-Roman stuff, and then straight into be molded from scratch, essentially, or were you doing indie shows?
1: No, no, I was doing indie shows, but um, so at the time, so 2014, mm-hmm. I would, would have been wrestling for uh, seven years or so, I think, mm-hmm. um, but. When I got to New Japan, I realized, oh, that stuff I was taught wasn't actually proper wrestling. And then looking back at it now, it's like, of course not. It's just a a bunch of guys that watched WWE and then thought, ah, this is how they do it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then going to going to New Japan dojo was like a massive uh, rude awakening, (laughs) getting the shit beaten out of you. And like, because they don't teach how to how to like hit the mat properly, very dangerous on the Indies sometimes. um, when the, the, the falls aren't done properly, you're more yeah. likely to get injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and thing, even something as simple as running the ropes, like if you don't do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was putting too much stress on my Achilles throughout that whole seven, eight year period. Wow. And then got here, did it properly, snapped my, snapped my Achilles, Cause, just because there was so much damage from all of those years of doing it wrong. So yeah. I say I wrestled seven years before, um, Coming to New Japan, but the reality is, it wasn't professional wrestling. It was just rolling around in a shed, pretty much. <laughs> that's yeah. not a dog on anyone. Yeah, they? they were doing their best with what they yeah bought, they knew.
0: And I mean, you're yeah. you're talking about it being entered into a system that's world renowned to produce some of the, if not the best wrestlers in the world. You know, so yeah, the, yeah. The, the, that's the difference between people doing their best and, and like this established time-honored system, you know. So yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was a huge wake-up call for you then once you, you hit the yeah, ground in yeah. Japan.
1: Because we all know it's the um Dunning-Kruger effect, you know, like oh, I've been wrestling seven years so I know a lot. And then you finally realise how much you don't know and then you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, rude awakening.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, know, you, you thought you were going in a vet and uh, that is not the case whatsoever. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'd say like – Eight years independence, um, mm-hmm. wrestling once a month is equivalent to maybe one or two tours in the pro circuits, yeah, if well, that. If that. Yeah.
0: T- tell me about this independent time. Uh, did you did you have a fun working name and and gimmick I should know about, or were were you just uh, just Aaron? I had a
1: few. So, like um, when I first debuted, was uh, a match just before Sandman at Armageddon. I don't know if you guys have Armageddon expos. Um, Not sure. They, they're like a big Comic Con, like Comic Con type of it. I think you, yours is called Supernova.
0: Oh it? yeah, it's Supernova. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, something like
1: that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so this is when uh, shuffling was the thing. Mm-hmm.
0: What shuffling? Yeah, shuff- what papers? <laughs> shuffle Melbourne, like, Melbourne shuffle. Oh yeah, I, I know, I know what you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Where people are so, do so, like the song hours. would play and people are do Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, that was my guy, my original guy. Because I, I I would do that at, like, school and stuff. Like, it was, like, the cool guys thing to do at school. Yeah. So I just brought that into wrestling. Um, A-Class was the name. Yeah. Uh, play on words. Uh, yeah. I <laughs> yeah. can't see that.
0: Nobody needs to uh, know this is a family show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, after that, I uh, that's when I started doing uh, MMA as well. So I changed... Uh, the whole shtick to sort of kind, kind of like what I'm doing now, but more like MMA based. Yeah. I was at the same time as doing the wrestling stuff. I was doing MMA and jujitsu and kickboxing and Muay Thai and stuff like that. So that's when the whole, I started falling in love with the whole fight game part of it. Yeah. Um, so that would have been, about. I was real young when I debuted like 15 because I faked my age. I told them I was 18 because <laughs> I haven't grown much since I was 15. So, Right, so you were always kind of tall for your uh, age. I, I grew tall real quick and then stopped.
0: <laughs> just stayed stationary from there on out. Yeah. So, so, man, I, I knew you were, like, well-versed in, you know, like the fight game and stuff, obviously, especially, mm. like, when um you went overseas to train in Muay Thai and stuff like that. But I didn't realise you've really been a martial artist kind of your entire life. It, it sounds like between Greco-Roman and – MMA and Muay Thai and professional wrestling—you're you're pretty well-rounded fighter.
1: Yeah, well, um, there's uh, all the guys in the UFC or the Kiwi guys now—Shane uh, Young, Izzy Adesanya, um, Kai Fari. Uh, guys like Kai and Shane, we were—we used to wrestle together when we were younger. Yeah, well, um, since we were uh, when was it? Man? Shane would have been like nine when he when we started doing wrestling together. Yeah. Um, and then Kai fought were in the uh, Auckland team for a bit in 2014 uh oh, 13 sorry yeah. um and then i stopped training with those guys in MMA around uh, 2014. The, the same time i uh, started training with is when i stopped training with the other guys cuz you uh, you have to you can't like do greco and pro wrestling and MMA all like all okay. in one week you know if you're doing it at a high level you have to Follow. focus on one so i chose Pro-wrestling with Fale and now I'm here.
0: Yeah. But then
1: cool. I've still always loved, like, fighting. I love Muay Thai. Any chance i go to Thailand and just train. Um, I, I just, uh, the multi martial arts as well, even before wrestling, I used mm-hmm. to do multi martial arts, like weaponry and yeah. all the the philosophical spiritual side is amazing to me.
0: That's so cool. Talk a little bit more later about your passion for everything to do with Maori history. Um, because I'm, I'm really interested to to hear about all that because I know it's a big part of your future and present and everything that you're working towards. Rewinding back to like a landing in Japan though, how was that? I mean, I mean, you said it was like coming in on the first day when you'd been wrestling for eight years, but how was the culture shock as well? Like you're you're essentially picked up and you're dropped in like you're now about to live in this dojo and get the shit beat out of you and try and become this thing that you know exist was that was that pretty eye-opening for you like the way i I love japan but it is a very different way of life you know and you're you're this young guy who wants to do this thing but you're on the other side of the world suddenly
1: yeah um so it wasn't compared to a lot of the other foreigners it wasn't so much of a culture shock Mm -hmm. because um i say it all the time our culture culture, pacific island cultures a lot closer to japanese culture than most other cultures. i mean World Pacific Island nations, you know, so mm-hmm. we're bound to have some seri- similarities, but the, the language was probably the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Um uh, To be honest, the, my, my, the biggest culture shock for me was all the American guys.
0: <laughs> you're, <laughs> just, you're suddenly there with other foreigners who don't know what's going on, yeah. and you're like, you're like, it's probably easier for us <laughs> just to hear on my own.
1: <laughs> just like the, like, you, you don't you you don't speak back to your the elders you do what you're told you stay humble that's sort of the island way mm-hmm. but that's not the american way right american way is was i struggling with things. that right. yeah so sort i of, i think i it wouldn't have been an american thing maybe more just the person but mm-hmm. you know, cody hall was there yeah um uh, juice robinson uh I, <laughs> how he is in, on the camera is how he is in person so yeah over the top me coming from New Zealand where we're quite like laid back and chill seeing this guy I was like what the hell people like this exist um, yeah but apart from the uh, like yelling at 7am so when you wake up as a dojo boy before you do all the cooking and cleaning you have to yell "What's oh, going has got some of this yeah like thank like thank you for giving me the opportunity sure any, any senpai you see so Liger lives at the dojo yeah if you don't wake up and yell at him thank you for your work yeah he, he'll beat the shit out of you <laughs> <laughs> like He'll literally, just, this, just this, choke say you say out in already. the
0: building, or just train. Like it's time to do a thousand squats right now.
1: I mean, yeah, that yeah, the, the squats. That's so. Like they try and make you give up. They yeah. try and make you squat sure. until you want to give up. They try and make you do the the cleaning every day for a whole week, yeah. um just to make you give up. Because it's how much do you want it? Do you want to be a wrestler as much as you want to? You don't want to do all of this work. Yeah. Um, there's a new Netflix series I just started watching, uh, Sanctuary.
0: Ah, I've so seen that the good, Sumo one, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's a good like, I a little sneak peek at what it's like to live a dojo life. Sure,
0: absolutely, because yeah. it, it is that it's it's servitude, right? Like you're you're in yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. You there's chores to be done. You're like certain things need to be completed. All the training needs to be done, and you're free time is a little bit limited, yeah? Yeah, so yeah, I think seeing the Australian guys come,
1: they probably struggled the most uh-huh. with it because they're so, like, Aussies are so chill, you know? Yes. With everything. Like, they're probably more chill than Kiwis when it comes to, like, work and stuff. But uh-huh. those little things are what the Japanese senpais see and be, and they're like, oh, this guy doesn't want it. If you're not, like, openly, like... Switched on paranoid, aggressively,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm
1: parodying the fact that you want this mm-hmm. to them. You don't want this.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um,
1: yeah. But yeah, the the culture shock wasn't too bad for me. I, I didn't like it. It was the first time that I didn't want, need to worry about uh cooking uh, like food yeah. or accommodation or gym payments because it's all free. Yeah. You pay in squats. Is like what they say is you pay your rent in squats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was, it was a good trade-off for me. I'll, I'll give you a thousand squats, and you give me this free life.
0: Yeah, you're good like trade. you're like suits me down to the ground. And I mean, I guess you you did already come from a background where you had trained in martial arts, so you already understood discipline. I guess like it's not like yeah. Though you have worked on the indies, it's not like you were only trained in indie wrestling, which is quite a bit more casual <laughs> or whatever. You know, like you had you had wow. that structure.
1: Or well, for me, I'm I'm glad that I had that background because it was uh, so I had like me, uh, great Okan Kitamura, <laughs> Katsuya, yeah. Ren R. R. Marita, yeah. like all of these Japanese shooters, so like freestyle, Greco-Roman, yeah. all Japan champions. Yeah. Um, so our, our our intake was quite rough. We had like the tough guy intake. Yeah. So everyone sort of looked down on us, like uh, you guys are just fucking fans, pretty much. Yeah. But no, we, we were like the, the killer intact, with the exception of Shota Umino,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, who was a baseball boy. The rest of us were actual like killers, shooters. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And then there was like the indie guys and stuff like that. But I was gonna say, like you know, because um, Okan is was like a Greco-Roman type wrestler as well, right? Like
1: yeah, yeah. He was a uh, Japan 120. Uh, so yeah, he was freestyle. G- uh, Kitamura was 100 and. 25 or 130 whichever the greco one was so Oko was freestyle kitamura was greco Narita was uh 85 kilo freestyle Japan champion and I was uh New Zealand greco freestyle and submission 85 champion wow
0: <laughs> Jeez, yeah. this is yeah. a murderer's row right there is it
1: but this yeah um Fale told me before I got here, uh, just about all of that wrestling and MMA stuff. Just, just keep it quiet. So, like, as in, like, don't let everybody know. Yeah. Because then they'll 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 under under judge you and think you're nobody. And then, but the boys found out quite quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that kind of thing where if you come in with this rep or whatever, then they want to test you and stuff. Where, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And if they think you're a nobody, then all you can do is impress them. Like as you, as you increase and demonstrate yeah. your skills and, yeah. and shit like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Uh, one
1: one story I don't tell very often is the first day I met Follett. Um, yeah. So he came to one of the trainings, actually, one of those independent wrestling trainings. Sure. The one day we were focusing on, I was, I was teaching people mat wrestling, freestyle mm-hmm, wrestling. Mm-hmm. And then him coming from the New Japan Dojo comes in. Hey, can I have a go? And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Thinking I'll take this guy. <laughs> yeah. Forgetting he's 150 kilos, you know?
0: <laughs> it ain't gonna I matter.
1: <laughs> so I, I try and sweep him. I get my inside uh, o, o chigari, so inside leg reap Okay. But I forgot he's 150 kilos, so he just pushes me forward and I, like, twist my leg around his leg, <laughs> fall on the ground in front of everybody. And he's like, oh, is
0: that all, you know? Just humbles I, you like, immediately. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's my dumb idea for trying to inside sweep a giant. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. You stick to stick to the low leg shoots on giants. I was just being cocky.
0: Yeah, I mean, you were like, like I'm going to show everybody how I can put this big guy down. And then you're like, Oh <laughs> fuck! I forgot he's an absolute. <laughs> not moderate. to mention,
1: not to mention his 18 years of playing rugby.
0: Yeah, exactly. His yeah, yeah. his literal job was to not get knocked over. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So how long were you in the dojo before you did that injury? Because I'm trying to remember the timeline. Because when I very when I first went to Japan, I did catch a Korokan Hall show and I'm quite sure I saw you wrestle. I think you and Okan wrestled like in the opener. Um, oh, yeah,
1: yeah and- that would have been the match that I got injured. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the opening Korokan match. Yeah, I yeah. I think that's the only opening match I've had with Okan. Yeah, oh, yeah. then literally so, yeah, the
0: I, whole, was, I was in the crowd, yeah.
1: Yeah, whole backstory to that was the whole week I was trying to like I was out out outpacing everybody with training just like my lifts were heavier than everybody's my Mm -hmm. fitness was better than everybody's
0: yeah
1: um but the 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 day before I did heavy deadlifts so like 240 or so yeah and then the day of the show we still have to do young lion training Mm -hmm. um during the shows like even if it's a show day you have to do your thousand squats yeah um so I did the thousand squats and then afterwards we did like rope sprints so like you just keep sprinting in the ropes until you can't sprint anymore mm-hmm. and the highest score wins. So I wasn't going to let anybody beat me. So I just kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. I felt my ankle twist a little bit, mm-hmm. but I just kept going, kept going, kept going. And then after training, I was just spent. So I cooled right down, wake up around four to go to the show. Bam, first match, snap. So we've wow. just been overworked completely and then cool down, all the blood flow goes away. Yeah. And then straight back to match, so it was just pure overwork. But then that showed them, oh, this guy's willing to kill himself to to wrestle.
0: Yeah, so that's a respect thing as well. That's not not a like, oh, he's not built for this. It's like uh, he's going to work through it. He's going to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, the like mental toughness. Not, his mind is
1: stronger than his body, but that's good.
0: Yeah, right. And then, how long were you out with that?
1: That was nine months. I think mean. that was yeah. a full. It was like a full, complete tear. Because then, and then
0: you came back, time. right? Like when you came back, you came back as like Hanare. You know, uh, you weren't really a young lion when you came back. Like, yeah,
1: that was. Um, I came back for uh, tag league with Makabe because Homer had also got injured that week. Right, so the, the same week I got injured, he got injured. Um, but his was a neck injury, so he couldn't recover in nine months. Right. So that, yeah, that was when place. he got
0: got really badly injured, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. So- yeah. That guy shouldn't be walking right now, but he yeah.
0: uh, is. There's a few miracles out of Japan. Like, I mean, look at Shibata as well. Like, these are both dudes that should have had career-ending injuries and they're just both yeah. getting around looking like a million bucks and you're like, yo, there's probably something to this, <laughs> whatever they're doing. Yeah. That's what I was trying to get.
1: Honestly, I think it's more not so much a wrestler thing, but more a, a- athlete thing. So you, most people don't realise how injured and banged up athletes are day to day. Yeah. Um, but. If you get your blood flow right, if you get your eating right, if you get your sleeping right, your body like the body's amazing. It could recover so much. Mm-hmm. Um until it eventually breaks down from aging.
0: Yeah, exactly. But until then you you can work it pretty hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the human body's capable of so much that um that forty no thirty eight minute match I had, I I thought I was gonna die, but the body pushed through, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah, that that's something that we will definitely talk about. But before we fast forward to to that amazing match with Shingo, um talk about uh, let's let's just talk a little bit about coming back, you know, debuting in World Tag League, doing the Hanare thing, but I think you you would probably agree that for a while there you felt stalled, you know, like where where it was all going obviously and then COVID and stuff happens, but yeah, you you were you were ready to go, and you would have been been pretty fired up to begin. How were you feeling as you you debuted back? You get out of your injury. How how are you all feeling as far as mentally and 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 motivation?
1: Yeah, I'm always pretty motivated to do whatever, no matter. Like I've I've been injured heaps of times. I've been yeah. set back tons of times as well. But mm-hmm. for that one, that that whole period was sort of um. At the time, I was like, well, what are they waiting for? Why am I not getting anything? Yeah. And then like later on, I realized, hey, these guys are just trying to, it's just another form of those squats they're telling you to do. Yeah, do A thousand right. squats. Do a thousand of these matches. For those two years, I was – me and uh, Naito were the most um, active wrestlers in the world. Really? Uh, I can't remember the amount of matches, but if you look up on uh, – I forgot
0: what Cage website, match or something? Like, hmm
1: 2018, 2019. Yeah, Naito number one, Henare number two for the amount of matches had. Really, um that was insane. So that—that's when we did the the Australian tours. Yes, and, um, we were mm-hmm. going everywhere, and I was on every single show in Japan. On top of those, those uh, international shows. Yeah. Um, so then I realized, oh, that's the marathon. This is the marathon part of it. Sure. They're just trying to see if I give up if they
0: again. It's like that it's did. that training, right? Like, and it, and it's yeah, the yeah. the whole thing. Like, if anything, some people maybe go, oh, that you know, there's nothing for me, and they're just wasting me. But in reality, they're probably investing in you. You know what I mean? They're getting yeah, yeah, reps yeah. in.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's it's good that you bring that up because that's a very Japanese thing. Mm-hmm. Is that the long run? They're with you for the long run. You realize they realize that foreigners come here. They just want to get rich and then use it as a, um, what do you call it? Stepping stone. Trampoline to yeah. go jump to the WWE, which sure. is what a lot of uh, foreigners do. If yeah. they don't do that, they give up and go somewhere else. Yeah. Because they don't get the instant instant results. But the yeah. instant results isn't a Japanese thing. They're all yeah. about incremental, incremental, incremental.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's case what, in point.
1: Our um, generation now, you got mm-hmm. me, you got Shota, Narita, Okan. Mm-hmm. We're all only coming up now, and then Suji's just come back. Yeah, so that—that's like our our generation of guys, and that's what seven years ago is when we came here. So yeah, foreigners will think about it like, oh, these guys have been here for ages and have done nothing. Japanese are like, I'm watching these people grow day by day. Yeah, it's so just a different cultural perspective.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you you bring that up because it's why I love New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like you you can see the talent invested in the company, you can see the company invested in the talent and you can watch entire careers play out, you know, and and I can see yeah. that loyalty and I've seen it in you and I've seen it in others. It's like when that is displayed and when you see it through, it all comes back around like it, like you have a job for life, you know, and you can see. Yeah, like yeah. Look, look, you talk about that seven-year mark or whatever. Look at Sonata, like, now world champion, had been with the company for seven years, you know, before that ever happened and before he was even let loose to do, you know, what he's capable of, you know. Like it's – they they really play that long game but when you're invested in the company and you watch that stuff play out, it's so rewarding when it does.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's what a lot of uh, foreign fans don't – I wouldn't say Australian because you guys are pretty cool. You guys just like to enjoy it. But a lot of American fans are like, oh, he's boring. He's just doing the same thing because you're not seeing the minute little differences day to day yeah you're not seeing the little change in the costume that this guy's doing you're not seeing the little changes in the ring that he's one one by one changing his moves like like me for instance adding stepping away from the pro wrestling and adding more muay thai and fighting is like being more myself has helped me more than being a pro wrestler you know
0: yeah sure when i when i saw um you know, when COVID had locked everything down and I I had seen that you had gone to Thailand and, like, you're posting all these fight videos and stuff. My first thought was, like, this is who he is. Like, everybody could see it, you know, in those videos, how comfortable you were in that. And I'm like, this is what he needs to be. Like, and when they let him loose and he gets to be that, that will be the next step. And, And the United Empire stuff happens. And then once you, again, went from, you know, he... You debut as Aaron Hanare, you know, ultimate weapon. And then when those, you know, minute changes start to happen, we lead to like the matches that you've had recently. And you're like, now we're, now we're getting somewhere. So how did United Empire happen? Because so you obviously, COVID's locked Japan down. What was your mindset? I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go and train and, and make the most of this time.
1: I honestly thought, um, it'll be a small one month lockdown yeah. and then everyone, everything will be back to normal, which is why I went to Thailand. I'm like, Oh, it's going to be quick, get fit for the new Japan cup. And then it's me and Ishii in the main event. Yeah. Hot. So that was where my mind was at, but little did we know two years later and I'm stuck between the two hardest quarantine countries in the world. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, the time in the dojo easy, easy compared to the quarantines, man. Yeah. Cause it was more, more a challenge to the mind rather than, uh, the, the, the squats. You know? Yeah.
0: You're you're like, I've done hard physical stuff before. I do it all the time. That's, that's what I am. And then when you, yeah. when you take that and you're put in those kind of situations, I mean, everybody in the world found it hard, but to be, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> moved away and, and like you say, stuck in another country again, it's like, man, I'm, I'm just here.
1: Yeah. Not even that, it was the, the hotels, the quarantine hotels that like Ninety-nine percent of people didn't even see or witness or see anything. Yeah, just being stuck in there. You're allowed outside five to ten minutes a day. You're not allowed to sweat. You're not allowed to drink water outside your room. You have to get permission to. It was. It was just prison. Yeah, I understand it was uh, like precaution for nobody knows how bad this virus is. It's a precautionary measure. Uh But man, it was it was bad. There were army. There were policemen. There were air force. There were uh, private security. All wow. for protecting a room of someone who's hasn't been sick in two years.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Dude, that's hectic. I, I often joke like here we, we're obviously in Perth and that's like the most isolated city in the world. So we were barely even touched. There were, you know, limited right. lockdowns and that did affect people. I worked through the whole thing. I only ever had like essentially kind of a week where it was like I couldn't go to work. And I was like, I enjoyed that taste of that. I fucking could go a little bit more of it because we're talking about my own house. I've got, you know, my TV. I've got the internet. I've got everything. It's really just a holiday. So I never really experienced anything. When you talk about what you're talking about, like not only is that that prison, it's scary too because you don't actually know the health risks and stuff either. So you're just like, I'm yeah, just yeah. kind of here and I can't go anywhere and when will this end?
1: Yeah. For, for me, it was kind of like, um, I used to be very sick growing up. I used to be sick all the time. Really? Um, and then I changed my eating habits and my fitness habits. Yeah. And then all of a sudden for two whole years, I didn't get sick. Yeah. I was like, wow. So I, I drink like six liters of water a day. I only eat natural food. Yeah. And I, I'm i never sick. Yeah. So this whole COVID, I was, just having that experience, I was like, hold on a sec. If people just focus on their natural health markers. Yeah. It, it'll be more beneficial. But in quarantine... They, they woke you up. That, that stop you from sleeping. They give you high sugar food. They give you acidic, high inflammation food in quarantine. So I'm like, hang on. Knowing, knowing that all of this stuff causes people to get sick Yeah, that you're and smoking. So the, the one thing that pissed me off the most is that as a fit person, I wasn't allowed to go outside and just jog around yeah. for five minutes. Uh-huh. But a smoker was allowed to go outside and smoke and spread their smoke to everybody. On, in
0: the outside. <laughs> Makes literally so no sense. Like,
1: it was the, the logical inconsistency that annoyed me more than anything. Just yeah. let me work out, let me drink water.
0: They, they, these, they don't sound like too harder things <laughs> to request. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, but, I, mean, so-
1: yeah. I think everybody was just hit with a state of fear, whether it was fear of the conspiracy of the government trying to take everything over yeah. or uh, the, the fear of getting COVID. Like, Either way, sorry. it was
0: fear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I you, mean, you know I me. Mean? I'm not. I'm not afraid of much. So. <laughs> exactly. Right. But you can't physically fight a virus. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I've trained my whole life for this, and and now this has happened. So anyway, yeah. you 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 do manage to get through it. You you make the most of the time that you've got, what what you can anyway, and you get back to Japan. How does the United Empire stuff start to? To happen because you and I were talking and we were going to do this podcast quite some time ago and it got shut down because of United Empire <laughs> because they were like, oh, yeah, no, yeah. something, he's got a big meeting, we can't oh, yeah. do anything, and then you debut as uh, as a member yeah. of United Empire. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that was um Osprey just invited me one day to dinner and just uh, told me, hey, man, we want to bring you on board what do you think about this? And I was like, "Yes, thank you," because this was again at that point where I was like, in the marathon part of it. Yeah, I'm like man, anything, anything I fucking get, I'll take you. And I liked where they were going. I mean, Okan, me and him were in the dojo together, and we came up together. Yeah, um, and then they added Jeff to it, mm-hmm. um, and then so you got Jeff, Okan, uh, Osprey. Yeah,
0: like, yeah,
1: man, what a team! Yeah, you need a tough guy. Yeah, you need a scrapper. I'm the scrapper. I'm the scrapper. You got the you got the the entertaining guy, you got the overall guy like Will. You got the power guy like Jeff. Come on, you need the you need the striker. Come on, come yeah, on, come
0: let's on. Let's go, let's oh,
1: yeah. go. I think I, I fit in quite well in the team a lot more than Hontai because I was doing everything I possibly could in Hontai and I was it was like more jacked than I had ever been in my life when I yep. was tagging with uh, Tanahashi, but still no opportunities. Yeah,
0: exactly. How how was that? Brief. We'll take a brief detour. How how was it? Um, just working with a legend like Tanahashi, like Hana Race was a really fun team. Um, it, it might, it must have been pretty amazing to just like be there with him, you know? Yeah, um,
1: like the, the first time was really good. Uh, it was real fun because uh, he, um, he wasn't injured. Um, the yeah. second time, fucking sucked. So he had an injured knee. Oh. So if you go back and look at all of those matches, I think that that was twenty twenty, I believe twenty mm-hmm. twenty. Yeah. He had an injured knee. he yeah. couldn't do anything go back and look at the matches and i'm in the ring 90 of the time <laughs> oh no so yeah i was fucked man that that, that tour like wasted me so much i oh. broke my rib i think
0: oh
1: um on one of those matches there
0: yeah
1: but there's nothing i can do this guy's got a messed up knee we have to keep going somewhere. yeah and then yeah towards the end of the tour you see me with taped up ribs and stuff but just, it was rough. Just fighting through it, it as, as your
0: team's yeah. in pieces. Jesus
1: Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So then I was like, oh fuck, these guys are just using me as Tanahashi's
0: knee pads. <laughs> That's yeah. so brutal. So how do you um so that your Will takes you out, you obviously get on well with him and he 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 gives yeah. you this opportunity. So so what's the sort of thought process that goes into what you what you want to look like? Changing the name, adding Aaron back to Hanaira, like you know, all those things. Like, are you like I need to completely revamp everything? I need to change. I need to sort of fit with what they're doing. Like, how do you How do you think about that stuff?
1: For well, me, it was more. I need to be more myself. Uh, the, it was the uh, the company wanted me to be this. Uh, 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 hunker, 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 right? Yeah, but that. I mean, uh, I respect my culture, but I'm not there to be your your little uh, circus monkey, you know. So
0: that's sort of well, what it felt like. And there's I mean, also yeah, been there's some right. very famous, you know, proud warriors in wrestling who have done that very, very well and and they've done it, you know. And so so it's hard yeah. for you to be yourself when, you know, when guys like, you know, Amaga and, you know, and, yeah. and the Head Shrinkers and all these guys have already done it to such a level. Yeah. And so it's yeah,
1: in comparison it's kinda of lame, you know. And, yeah. But in in the West everybody knows, oh, don't fuck with islanders, they'll beat the shit out of you. Yes. Um in Japan, they still still like they don't really know who we are. Yeah. So they don't there's not really that cultural awareness, mm-hmm. um, at all. They just see a big guy. Yeah. They, they don't they don't know what culture you're just a big guy, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, for that it was more being myself. I, I wanna be more myself, I wanna kick the shit out of people. I don't wanna I don't want to appeal to the fans like I used to. Yeah. Um, just yeah, being more myself was the main thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, dressing how I want. Uh, so I remember, um, uh, I was wearing like a short, short, short shorts and a t and a short tee, mm-hmm. like how Kiwis do, Kiwi yeah. style. Mm-hmm. And Tiger Mask would be like, "What are you doing? Go put some clothes on. You look disgusting." As in, like that's not professional. And I'm just like, "The fuck, are you telling me what to wear?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, the stuff like that was annoying. So uh-huh. I was. When I joined
0: Will, I was just like, "I'm doing whatever I want now yeah, exactly. they can't control you're a bad boy now
1: see it on the video but but, just,
0: but we know he's ripping the new Aaron Haniro shirt, which is fire <laughs> by the way, and I could <laughs> not find it anywhere in Japan. It was sold out in every store oh, I yes, went to that's good. yeah
1: that's yeah good news.
0: exactly no, it was it wasn't in, uh, the only one I saw <laughs> like was yours. <laughs> you know, it, well, I couldn't find it anywhere because everybody fucking had it already. um that's a good sign for me it is a good sign for you it is a good sign for you it's a great shirt people check it out it's probably restocked by now um so united empire obviously a complete breath of fresh air the the crew has continued to grow and i think arguably maybe the number one faction in new japan right now how is it working with all those guys and and right. as as your your opportunities have developed, uh, like it seems like you're the happiest you've ever been.
1: Yeah, man. Like you go when you, you know when you start a new job and you're like, oh, I hope the guys aren't dicks. And there's always that one asshole that you have to work with, and you're just like, oh, yeah. oh, fuck, I have to work with this guy. Nothing like that in Yui. Everybody's fucking cool. Right? Yeah, from top to bottom. You go. Will's cool. Okan's cool in his own ways. You know, he's <laughs> he's a weird boy, but he's cool. <laughs> Um, and then I'm sort of like the, 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 street dude of the team. Like I'm probably from the lowest, like socioeconomic area, but I'm like, yo, bro, I'm just chill. I'm like the chill guy of the team. <laughs> uh, Jeff's the powerhouse, but he's like the cute guy like, <laughs> backstage. He's like the cute guy of the team. Oh, kawaii, yeah. like, that kind of guy. Um, who was after him? There you got Akira. Everybody bullies Akira. I, I've never seen it before in my life, but I don't know how he puts up with it, but he does.
0: <laughs> he's the little brother he, of he,
1: the team, right? TJ is like the, I wouldn't say Yoda, but like the, the Obi-Wan. He's the Obi-Wan of the team. He's the, the, the vet that just knows it all, but he's he's cool as fuck. He's like, we've all got our different niches, eh? and he's real like punk, like yeah. real cool punk dude. Mm-hmm. Um, he's sort of opened my eyes more to punk. Mm-hmm. Um, who Who's after TJ. It was Gideon, I believe. Yeah,
0: Gideon. We haven't Gideon. seen Gideon in a bit, but he's amazing.
1: He's great smart guy. um the crowd reacted to him quite a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, and Yeah, he's, he's, he's a super smart, ridiculously smart guy. And then after him, we had the Aussie
0: boys. Yeah, Aussie coolest Aussie. fucking cat, coolest cats in the world. They are the coolest cunts in the world. <laughs> they're they're, <laughs> fucking, they're matches the core Genesis, man. They were unbelievable, eh?
1: Yeah, 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 I was I was ringside for all their crazy matches, man. I was ringside for their uh, Rift Pro match against the Velocities, which mm-hmm. was insane. Yeah, um, I was just there like super tired from like a freaking 20-hour flight and I'm just like, whoa, shit, what's going on? <laughs> um, and then uh, the last guy was Dan Maloney. Dan Maloney. The driller.
0: Yeah, Have you had a chance to – Yeah, yeah. Have you had a chance because obviously like you guys just sort of – finished that uh, recent tour. And I know you were saying you were a little bit banged up and you were taking a couple of weeks off and he's jumped into Best yeah. of the Super Juniors. Have you had a chance to get to know him at all yet? Or did you know him so from Rev Pro show, and stuff?
1: That show I did in Rev Pro, um, I was actually sitting watching every single match and I watched his match against Gabe. And after the show, I messaged Will. I was like, bro, this guy is the best guy that was on the card next to the Aussie boys, you know? Yeah. This guy's fucking good, man. He's jacked as hell, shredded as hell. He's got a good look as well. He's just like – he looks like, oh, you don't want to fuck with this guy. Yeah. And he's – yeah. I haven't really hung out with him properly, but I know he's like
0: a – he's a G, as we say on the street, (laughs) he's a G. (laughs) It's an absolute weapon of a a dude. His matches have been good in Best of the Super Juniors. So I'm looking forward to seeing – like I think when I consider his opponents and stuff like that, I don't even think we've seen the best from him in this tournament yet. I have a, another podcast called Okada Shorts all about uh, New mm-hmm. Japan that I do with a guy who lives in England uh, named Curtis and he's a big rev pro guy, goes to all the shows, and he was telling me, he's <laughs> like, you need to watch this motherfucker. He's like, he's yes. my fucking dude and I can't wait to, to see him in BOSJ. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's good man. I think he'll really suit being in Japan. There's, there's a lot of guys that are really good overseas, but it's yeah. different in Japan. The, the culture here is different. The people respond differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, I think he really suits it. To me, he's like a, a shredded 90-kilo version
0: of me. <laughs> what, a, what a compliment. <laughs> Hear that, Driller? That is an absolute compliment. Hey, um, so let's talk then about your Series of matches recently, and everything that happened with Shingo Takagi because the um, the what was the, the stipulation? It was the ultimate triad match, right.
1: three man, yeah,
0: amazing. So there was a
1: yeah, so they um, office said, so I wasn't expecting them to do it, I thought it would be a vote, yeah, and then uh, the office said, maybe you pitch something and we'll see what Takagi thinks about it, yeah. I was like, oh, 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 oh. So, so I thought of the most brutal thing that I could think of,
0: and 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 it became a thing that he ran with. So was that the first time he heard about it when you said it in that promo, or had you talked about it before? Yeah, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So that was a, because he he's I looking at you like, what's this motherfucker talking about? Like he's looking, yeah, at yeah, yeah. It, but he's like, but he's so going, so, I like this. This should be the main event. I like it. So yeah, yeah. and then they sounded, ran with it um, for Tai Chi too.
1: So we were supposed to be um, when I first challenged them to it. I think it was supposed to be at uh, Sakura Genesis, the main show. Yeah. But then the office was like, you just challenged him to a no time limit match. We can't give you a match in Sakura. <laughs> You're like, I, like fucked I myself. I didn't think that's the, the, the inexperience in my mind. I was like, ah, oh, shit. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So then they, we had to do it at Kurokwin, but to be honest, I like Kurokwin more. Mm-hmm. It's like my home. It feels like my home True. ground, you
0: know? And I think that match needed that too, because you guys got to go as long as you needed. And that, made the match like it needed to be that long if it if they'd put it you know on sakura genesis you probably wouldn't have got that much time and it probably wouldn't have been as great as it was
1: yeah. That would have cut off halfway and then skipped to the next match i think
0: exactly right and they, <laughs> they just come back to you you guys are still fighting out in the back while
1: <laughs> it's still going on but it was no, so but-
0: successful man like like and you were telling me you were yeah. like not well when you were
1: yeah man i I was sick so i had uh, asthma and bronchitis so uh, asthma and bronchitis i was saying before i used to be sick all the time yes and then um yeah but the inflammation builds up over time and that was a pretty rough tour so the new japan cup match and then matches Mm -hmm. every day every day and then soccer genesis every day every day until that that, uh, big singles match yeah i mean that was my first championship match so i wasn't going to pull out of it even if i was sick i could have like had Tuberculosis and so I would have not pulled out, but <laughs> we get tested every day. And luckily that day, uh, my temperature was okay. Yeah. It was just my lungs. It was just like, <laughs> so I, I was allowed to wrestle, but then I, I went to hospital the next day, <laughs>
0: Jesus
1: Christ. they gave me, uh, they gave me six different, uh, medications for it.
0: Did it knock you yeah. out for a while? a while? Like, did you have to yeah, have time no, off? I was, I was out. So the whole day,
1: oh no, 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 sorry. The, the next day I, I still had a match. So I had and what what if you watch it back the day after Shingo, I had Ishii in a tag. This guy that's been coming after me since I first got to this company. Yeah. I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I woke up and like saw the saw the match line up and I was like, oh shit. After just getting this like collapsing, physically collapsing in this match with Shingo, my next match is against Ishii. i like, oh fuck. Let's go. Can <laughs> like, you see me like just... Uh,
0: Can't man. let him know the weakness because he's going to come for you. Apparently a very stern gentleman is... is
1: yeah, well, he, that guy's like the coldest guy ever. But it's not like cold in a disrespectful way. It's like a cold, like a, wait till you earn my respect way. He doesn't doesn't talk, doesn't do anything. Yeah, wow. Well, very stoic. Yeah. Stoic, the way it works. Sure. But uh, Shingo's great, man. Yeah. He's like one of my top five guys in the entire world that I, I think... In terms of
0: skill, pro wrestling skill. He's yeah, he's amazing. Top five. It? Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. It, it speaks to how good your guys' match was because they then went on to essentially elaborate on, you know, that gimmick or on that stipulation when they did the Tai Chi um, Shingo yeah. match, which they added two more, uh, yeah. <laughs> two, two more falls or whatever. It was Count Out and TKO yeah. or whatever, and, and that match was pretty fucking amazing as well.
1: Yeah, so um, that that five five stipulations is my was my original one. Um, mm-hmm. So the office was like, uh, you pitch whatever you want to Shingo, but five rules might be too confusing for people. Right. So okay. I think having having the three rules and then adding the two was a lot, a lot yeah, better. Yeah,
0: because they just, kind just, of got yeah. a taste of it first
1: and then yeah. – Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, just like with all the previous matches, like uh, Yano Toru's match and their previous Tai Chi match, like they changed the rules to so such weird rules that sometimes – like the MMA match, they had Shingo and Okan. Yeah. Nobody really understood what was going on. Apart from me, I was in the corner like, fuck, this is great, man. Yo. Yeah. yeah, but normal pro wrestling fans didn't really understand it, so we needed to change yeah. it up that exactly. way. exactly. It's
0: just baby steps, right, and then sort of educating them and then elaborating on it. But I would say that title, like that KOPW title, has probably never been hotter than it is now due to those series mm-hmm. of matches. Like people like, just give us more of that. Like that's awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, but that one is like a trade-off. So you don't want to be entering into those kind of matches all the time. Because nah, be your body exhausting. will be destroyed. So like, yeah, Shingo, like, so he had uh, he had me in the cup and then he had the Sakura Genesis match and then he went to Australia and then he came back and then we went straight into the, um, what was the last tour? Dontaku tour. Yeah. And he obviously lost his body, couldn't keep up with it, you know? Yeah. Exactly right. Um, but yeah, if, if you're that, if you, and you wrestle the way that we do, strong, mm-hmm. like Japanese strong style, you, you won't be able to do that with every match, which is why I think he, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he's probably taking some time off the same as me right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's something for uh, for the champions to consider, right? Because you want to be a fighting champion, but then there's also such a thing as just going too hard to the point where you burn out and then somebody takes it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah exactly.
1: exactly. So I think, uh, uh, I've been trying to poke poke uh, Chi a lot on Twitter, like, well, "Give me a match, bro! Give me a match!" In the backstage comments, i like, "Yeah, you're a champ! Give me a match!" But uh, yeah, I don't know if he'll take it or not.
0: Fuck around and find out, Chi. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so let's um, we like I I think the the natural way this conversation goes, I, I'd love to hear about. Well, I mean, it kind of sounds like you're you've still got your eyes set on KOPW, but I'd like I'd love to know what your overall goal is continuing with New Japan, and then then I'd like uh, like to talk a little bit about your Maori heritage and and what your plans are there because I know you said you're planning to go go home at some point soon, and there's like a lot you want yeah, to yeah. to achieve to do with your your culture as well. So yeah, that, just those two points there. So. Um, where what's next for you in New Japan, and then what's next for you in life?
1: I guess. Obviously, G One's coming up. That's what I'm. I'm trying to like shred up for, not shred up, but like get fit,
0: mm-hmm.
1: get fitter for. So last year, I think I came in too heavy, hundred yep. over 110.
0: You kilos. were the heaviest guy in the tournament. I remember. I think in the in
1: the block. The yeah, in, guy the, in, the block. in the block. No one's heavier than Fale. Oh it? yeah, I forgot
0: Fale. it. I forgot he was in it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Heaviest in, in the block.
1: I mean, everybody forgets he's in it. but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I hope um, he listens yeah. to this because it means he'll hear it, but then I'll be sad because he'll hate us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, G1's the big one. Um, but G1, it's not just about the G1, it's about maybe Taichi's in my block, uh-huh. maybe Tama. Oh, wait, no, maybe Dave. Sorry, David, sure, dating, right? set up challenges. Maybe in the block. Yeah. yeah, maybe the Aussie guys are going to lose their title to somebody and I get to wrestle them, you know. Yeah. Um, maybe. So-
0: that is I don't a don't know, big maybe consideration.
1: Then. Sonata is in my block and I get to pin him. Yeah. So it's, it's those sort of things that most people think about the G1 is just about winning the G1, but no, G1 opens you up to the never title, the KOPW title. Um, maybe uh, who's the strong champion now? David? Uh, Fred?
0: Uh, Fred? Uh, Hikaleo. It's the it's open the, weight. Yeah, it's the. No yeah, so maybe maybe he's in my block. Yeah. So yeah.
1: it's it's not just about the G one itself. It's about everything altogether. So sure. only like one of those. There's, there's got to be someone. There's got. They're not going to have one block with nobody in it. Yeah.
0: So, you know. No champions. You can see who you can put your target on because that that's the thing that I remember Zach used to always say in those tournaments. You know. He'd, he'd really just be gunning for, like, Okada. And he's like, mate, I've already pinned the champion. I've got a fucking title shot. It doesn't really matter. Like, you know, he's, he's hit yeah, his yeah, goal, yeah. and it's kind of that. It's like, what potential targets can I set up? Because if I can set up title right. defenses as well as a G1 win, then fucking great.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, people are – the G1 is so big because you get it at Tokyo Dome, which is, like, expected to be 50,000 people next year.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but to a wrestler with the difference between – Coroquen Hall and the Tokyo Dome—they're right next to each other. The energy is just the same. The belt is still the same. So, like, exactly. So
0: and, the, and hey, if you win, sure, you're, you might, you're going you anyway. Might
1: make some more money. Yeah. yeah. Might, might make some more money at Tokyo Dome, but the opportunity is the same. You know.
0: Well, that's it. You pin him in Coroquen Hall, like then you're the, the defending champion in uh, in Tokyo Dome, right? <laughs> hey, that doesn't hurt either. I,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, there's so many opportunities—not just not just the G1 itself. But then at the same time. Everybody's watching the G1. Wrestlers in the WWE are watching the G1. So yeah, G1s where you, where people take notice. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And I mean, a grueling tournament, but it's it's what New Japan's known for. So you got to be ready. Yeah,
1: yeah, man. Like I said, this this company's about being a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah,
0: exactly right. Learn your lessons and keep on trucking. Yeah, right. Hell yeah, and then and then when are you going home? Because when we were talking, you you said you had plans and you wanted to really uh, start to sort of making it make an impact in New Zealand and and have a have a positive effect and and you're you're learning a lot about your culture. Is that a trip you've got booked soon or?
1: Yeah, next month, uh, June nineteenth. Oh, wow. So after, I think there's one. There's the. Uh, Dominion is the the last sort of big tour before we go. Sure, Um, But we've got, I'm actually planning a big show in New Zealand at the moment. Oh, cool. So we've got like massive like social media guests and um, TV, like Maori TV, like Mm -hmm. the top indigenous TV in New Zealand is going to be there. We've got radios. We haven't announced it yet, but it's like, it's going to be the first event in the world uh, completely dedicated to Maori and Pacific wrestlers. Obviously we'll have uh, like, European, New Zealand wrestlers on the show uh-huh. as well. and uh-huh. Anybody else that's uh, king, mm-hmm. but the, the main focus is uh, showcasing Māori and Pacific wrestlers so mm-hmm. that they could have an opportunity to be showcased to the world.
0: Amazing. And is this with Warrior Wrestling?
1: Yes, yeah, Warrior Wrestling. So um, me and uh, Anthony Khan was actually the guy that came up with the idea. He's a, I know his name's Tony Khan, but he's a different Tony Khan than <laughs> the guy you guys <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, he's a real estate developer. That He he used to wrestle in school as well, like freestyle and that. And then he also wrestled in Mexico
0: professionally.
1: Um, Yeah, so he started Warrior Wrestling and now we're going. um, Just trying to get get more people a chance to make money in New Zealand, not just going out overseas and then doing shows there. But that's big. And then got a big... Ritual, ritual uh, ceremony happening. Mm-hmm. When I'm back, uh, I've been keeping it a secret from the wrestling fans, though. But yeah. if you
0: know, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I do know. Um, but it, it's <laughs> uh, it's going to be pretty amazing to like reconnect. You know, that you you said you've yeah. been in contact with with like uh, elders and with where people have been. You know, taking you through your culture and all these things like that. So it's going to be pretty amazing to actually be there, right? Because, I mean, how long has it been? Yeah. It's been years, right, since you've been able to get back oh, to New yeah. Zealand? About
1: a year, year and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the main thing that's happening right now in New Zealand is there's like a uh, Indigenous awakening. It's probably happening in Australia as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the long story short is the United Nations has ruled um, for the rights of Indigenous people. Mm-hmm. So Canadians, Indigenous, Native Americans, uh, Indigenous First Nations, Australians, mm-hmm. Um all over the world, uh, sort of like banding together to lobby the government to like make make amends and yeah. um, give our land back and nice. stuff like that. So that's been big, but a large part of that for heaps of us is um, reconnecting with your ancestry. So right now I've been learning my lineage, ancestry, 53 generations. Mm-hmm. So right now it's at about 950 CE. I think is where we could get to if you're using the yeah. 25 year ad, average. Um, it's higher than I can guess. Yeah, so all, all the way back um, to a island, and well, all the way back to Samoa and so which is why I said the Samoans war related. Yeah, um, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, us Eastern Polynesians were quite a bit uh, leaner than our Tongan and Samoan cousins. So. Uh, but, yeah, it's been quite buzzy learning about it. If it it's essentially Moana, the Disney movie yeah. is essentially what it is.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> so are you taking some kind of raft to get back there or are you just going with a traditional? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, fly, fly back as per usual. Uh, the uh, we, we can't build. I mean, it'll take a few, take about six months, so I might miss the G1 if we go by. Uh, uh,
0: and that's the, that's the only reason. In. It's not that he's afraid of the sea, guys. He could definitely. <laughs> no, no, no.
1: We'll, we were born, born for the sea, but I'm going back for the sea, you know. Yeah. So um, our family land's like we've got our own beach back, so um, yeah, we, I like going back there whenever we're home. Um, and also to look at houses in, in New Zealand. So. Yeah,
0: exactly right. It, it'll, be, um, it'll be interesting to sort of have two homes because, I mean, jumping between like the two places will be, I guess, kind of stressful but also really nice to be able to come home and not just have to stay in a hotel or something, right?
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah, hotels, hotel cool, but it's it's cool
1: also being able to have somewhere to relax and chill out, you know.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no. What
1: better place to relax than some beach in the middle of country town, New Zealand? Amazing. Exactly. We're surrounded by friends <laughs> and family. Got a, got a big surprise in store for the fans. Well, you guys will all be surprised, but. The, um, all Islanders will be like, yeah, yeah, that seems about
0: right. Yeah, exactly right. We we're not going to say anything uh, about what that is, but what I, what I will say is that it was fascinating to me to just hear the history behind that and and everything that's gonna gonna go into it and how much it means to you. Like I, I think it's gonna be be a really um, awakening experience for you. Yeah, man. You
1: feel, you, you see a lot of those um, new Nike shirts, the, the, with the rock symbol, and it says Mana on yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Mana And his, uh, his whole brand is based around mana, yeah. this concept of mana, which is like the central thing in Polynesian culture. And that's like spiritual energy, uh-huh. um, uh, pr- prestige, I think might yeah. be the, the English word mm-hmm. charisma or just like your life force Yeah, and everybody, everybody has it, but over time you can build it. And so what i what I'm trying to do is take the, that mana from the ancestors and bring it down yeah. and hopefully showcase that in the G1 uh, amazing
0: that's a, it's a, it's going to be a lot so everybody needs to get ready for this man to hit the G1 because it is going to be something else absolutely I think, uh, I think i might shave my hair as well what do you think <laughs> hey that's up to you my man you need to do what, what you think is correct <laughs>
1: yeah, i think i think it might be time
0: i he's a, he's he's catching angles in the camera here, so. As somebody who needs a haircut as well at the moment, my hair is completely out of control, so I can completely understand the
1: need to. I don't think I've ever seen you without a hat.
0: I know. It's really just down to convenience because I can't be bothered going anywhere. (laughs) Believe it or not, I had dreadlocks for 10 years down my back. Like, that's badass. I love dreadlocks. Well, I was in like a metal band, you know, tough boys. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah. Oh, what that is. I
1: saw. I was at one metal concert once, and the guy was swinging his hair around. Yeah, but the top of the dread got yeah. like stuck in the uh the, the guitar string, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Spent a whole minute. He was still rocking, but he was like trying to undo the hair and the thing." The
0: whole time. I uh, my still- guitarist had definitely had that happen, so it may have been our show when we were in New Zealand. But um, we used to do <laughs> a lot of that, and it's why my neck is now fucking tragedy. <laughs> so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> on the concept, uh, on the subject of death metal, have you heard of uh, Alien Weaponry? No. It's a uh, Maori ma- band multi-death metal band, but I'm mm-hmm. in talks with their label to get a song from them.
0: Sick. Uh, alien, weapon. alien Weaponry. Please, please. We used to. We did yeah. a tour with a. Was it? Was it like twelve? No, not twelve foot ninja. There was a Mariband that used to come over. Uh, and tour and we, we played with them when we we're over there and they're awesome. I'll, I'll message you about it anyway. We we're completely wayla- <laughs> waylaid the thing. But uh, people check out that band and get ready for G1 because Aaron Hanara is about to absolutely kill it. Um, where do people find Warrior Wrestling? Where do people find you? How do they, you know, get on top of that event and and know everything uh, there is to know?
1: It'll be announced on Warrior Wrestling NZ on social media. Mm-hmm. On Twitter it's... Uh- Warrior Wrestling Aotearoa, which okay. is the real name for New Zealand. Yes, um, uh, but yeah, we're, we're still uh, finalizing the stages, but it'll be everyone that's um, wants to see it will see it on their feeds when it comes out. Absolutely, now that it'll is awesome. It'll be, oh. it'll be a fun event, and uh, my first event back home. I've been in Australia more than <laughs> more than New Zealand. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: you were just here for Tamashi, <laughs> like, and then yeah, then immediately back in Japan, and so close to New Zealand, but not close enough. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: not close enough when you're in the middle of the tour. So I had to go New Beginning,
0: Tamashii, and then back to the second half, New Beginnings. Jeez, running you ragged, man, but it's going to be all worth it. Like your work ethic is absolutely inspiring to me, man. And uh, I th- I think with your your attitude and understanding the way that, you know, the Japanese culture does things and stuff can only lead to great, great success for you, man. So I want to thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, I'm just so glad that we got to meet and got to become friends because I, I really enjoy hanging out with you, bud. No, thank you, brother. You're a good man. Oh, thank good you, man. man. No worries. So everybody out there, make sure you check out everything New Japan Pro Wrestling, Warrior Wrestling, Aaron Hanaro, United, Empire, all of it, yeah? Yeah. Thank you to my guest, and for everybody out there, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter, at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast, Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. All right. Deathmatchworldwide.com official online merchandise store that is only for deathmatch wrestling featuring official t-shirts from no peace underground john wayne murdoch akira madman pondo soda 23 neil diamond cutter g raver schlack necro butcher and many more ring post radio is the only show hosted by ryan 19 and scotty edwards that talks about the entire world of professional wrestling with new episodes coming out every sunday there is absolutely no reason to not listen to real honest wrestling opinions from two crazy maniacs have a hot boy summer and listen along to ring post radio every sunday on the count out network